I wanted to share today, I'm going to call this part two, I'm actually in chapter two, and I want to share some information again about the Holy Spirit. And I I was sitting here thinking, um, before I come up here, my wife and I, when we were going over to Denise's mama's funeral, uh, Bryson Stevens was going to drive over with us, and so he hopped in the, the car, we have a Suburban, and uh, he was in the front seat with me, and, and we were talking when was in the back seat. And uh, <laughs> we have had this Suburban, I don't know how many years. We've probably had it, I don't know, eight years, maybe seven, eight, I don't know when we got it. Uh, but we have taken many, many trips in this Suburban. Have you all ever had something that, you just get a revelation on something all of a sudden? It just blows your mind that you never knew something that could do something, but you just find, you discover it. Um, my wife and I, we've had this Suburban, and we would take many, many trips, and, and, and we would wrestle. Uh, we had a, a, the Suburban before that. We had these visors that had this extension on it, and we would travel. We could pull those extensions out and keep the sun out of our eyes, and my wife loved it. She'd pull over and pull that extension out, and, and we would just travel and not, not have to worry about the sun, but this, vi- or this Suburban didn't have that little extension. And, and she would use covers and her coat and, 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 and cardboard and put them on the wind. Just We would travel all over the place. She said, I can't believe this Suburban is so much nicer than the other one, but it doesn't have those extensions on it. And we've been traveling and being tormented by that sun for eight years. And Bryson Stevens comes in our vehicle and sitting over there in the passenger seat, and we're just talking. And I said, boy, that sun's bright. He said, it is. He goes over, pulls that visor over, and just pulls it over. Am I lying? We have had, we never knew it did that. We did not know they moved. Now, that was a revelation that we got. How many of you, you know, that ever happened to you? Now, here's my point. I said, Lord, I want to put this in this mess somehow. And here's my point. How many of us have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, but we really don't know exactly what the Holy Spirit can do in us and for us? And we've lived our entire life. And so I am passionate today to get you to see something different about the Holy Spirit that you've never saw before. And I I promise you, before you leave, it's going to change your life. Because I am passionate about taking us on journeys, finding and discovering things about, uh, about the Word and about the Holy Spirit. Because here's the thing. There are some of you living living the same way we were living in this, in this vehicle, struggling with something that we didn't have to struggle with. And it was there the whole time. And I'm telling you, this is the way the Holy Spirit is. And the last week, or two weeks ago, I shared in chapter one, and by the way, I want to encourage you, pick this book up. It's called The God I Never Knew. And I woke up this morning and I, I reviewed it again. I read chapter two again uh, just to make sure I'm, I'm right there. <clears throat> now, listen, I would never, ever, ever recommend any book unless I make sure it is theologically correct, biblically correct, and spiritually correct. And it is, I promise you. And I would encourage you to get this book, and it, it's amazing. The God I Never Knew, talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, it, it, will, it, will, it will just give you a whole different 
perspective of what God wants to do in your life. And so a, a week ago, or a couple weeks ago, I, I ministered on chapter one, and we talked about understanding the Holy Spirit. And we learned that the Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our best friend. Thank you, Pastor David. And the Holy Spirit is God, okay? But today we're going to take it even a step further, and we're going to try to answer the question that I truly believe where people get stumped and they're not living the fullness of God because they struggle with this question right here. Is the Holy Spirit a person? I want you to think about that. Is the Holy Spirit a person? Now, remember, we're going to be living a lot longer in our entire life with the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So I want to know everything that there is to know about the Holy Spirit, okay? And I'm going to share it with you. But is the Holy Spirit a person? Now, the reason why this is a, an important question, many of you, you believe, well, you know he's a person. But there are ministries and there are the theologies in the world today that would argue and say that the Holy Spirit is not a person. As a matter of fact, Jehovah's Witnesses do it. And they, if they were here today, they'd tell you the truth. They'd tell you exactly what I'm telling you. They don't believe he's a person. They believe he is a power or a force. Now, here's the problem with that. He, if he's a power or a force, you cannot, I think I put this in my notes, you cannot have a personal relationship with a power or a force. If you don't see the Holy Spirit as a person, you will never have a personal relationship with him. Now, this was my problem growing up because of goofiness over the years. Because of silliness, because of wrong teaching on the Holy Spirit, I, I always saw the Holy Spirit as a power and a force when I was younger. And, and I thought about that because of, uh, of all the silliness going on, uh, because of how they describe the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, as I thought about it, I thought it would have helped me a lot better if they would have given the Holy Spirit a name. They would have called him Bill. Let's say Bill. Bill would have been a good name. So instead of me talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, because they, everybody's just, just took that out of left field, and everybody kind of shies away from that. If they would have just called him Bill, I'd say, I'm going to talk to Bill today. Right? Now, you're more uh, formal churches that you could have called him different. Oh, you could have, they could have called him William. Right? And maybe some of the more wild churches could have called him Billy. But... If they would have given him a name, it would have helped me identify him more as a person rather than a power or a force. And so I, I want us to go somewhere here with this because you need to understand. I'm going to take a moment to get you to understand everything there is to know about this amazing Holy Spirit. Okay, now the Holy Spirit is not its name, okay? Okay. That is a descriptive name. That is the third part of the Trinity. Some of you may have been taught about Trinity. I'm going to explain it to you right now. I put it in my notes and I put it up so it can help you in just a moment. But the Holy Spirit, it is a descriptive name of the Trinity of God. Okay? God is who he is. So let me, let me show you this. But before we understand this, um, 
Now, let's go ahead and go here, because I'm going to take my time to show you about the Trinity of God and understand the Holy Spirit, because many people are not living in the fullness of God because they don't understand the Holy Spirit and the function of the Holy Spirit. Now, so really, it's a, it's, the Holy Spirit is a descriptive name of God, so it's God. Now, let's go, ahead and go, go here. God, it's God functioning as the Father, and then we have God, who He is, functioning as the Son while He was here on earth. Then we have God functioning as the Holy Spirit. Are you catching this? This is how we understand it's God, but he's functioning as the Father, he's functioning as the Son, and he's functioning as the Holy Spirit. And, and, and he's, he's, but he's actually God. But we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, the one who is functioning, living inside of us, as a person. But again, if we never see him as a, as a person, we can never have a personal relationship with him. And so, but here's the problem that we have. We have to ask ourselves what really constitutes or makes a person, okay? So if we know the Holy Spirit is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but, but if he is a person, what really constitutes a person? Think about that. In order for a person, they have to be alive, right? They have to be living. But a tree is alive, but is it a person? No. A dog's alive. Animals are alive. Are they a person? No. But in order for it to be a person, a person must have personality. That's probably the simplest way to say it. But the more difficult, the more descriptive way to say it, or, or a little bit more complex, the Holy, or a person must have a soul. Understand that? A soul. And here's the problem over the years is many people find it difficult to believe that God has a soul because God is God. And I want to show you here in the scriptures because what makes a person is a soul. And I will tell you what a soul is in a minute. But let me give you some scriptures explaining in order for a person to be a person, they must have a soul. Okay. So let me give you three scriptures where God has described himself of having a soul, where Jesus has described himself of having a soul, and the Holy Spirit is described of having a soul, okay? Let me show you in Scripture. So today, my, 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 my point is for all of us to understand and give you, build you the, 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 the theology and the correct truth of the Word of God, that he is a person, okay? That, that's all. We know that he's a person, but I really want to drive it home so that we can walk out here today going, oh, my goodness, I never thought, I never knew my visor did that. I never knew the Holy Spirit did this. So watch now. Let me show you. The Father's talking to the Son here in Matthew 12, verses 18. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom, what? My soul is well pleased. Here we have God talking in the infallible word of God saying he has a soul. God himself has a soul, which makes him a person. Now, and, and, and now we have Jesus talking here in Matthew 26, verses 38. Then he said to them, Jesus, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Now, why would he say my soul is exceedingly sorrowful if he didn't have a soul? He is a person. He was a person here on earth. Now let's go to the Holy Spirit. We're building this thing now. Now, now watch here. In Hebrews 10, verses 38, where does this Holy Spirit live? Where does the Holy Spirit abide in? Where? Inside of us. Am I correct? Okay, watch. Hebrews 10, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, 
My soul has no pleasure in him. I'm telling you, God, the Father, is a person. God, the, the, the Son, is a person. God, the Holy Spirit, is a person. Why? Because he has a soul. He has a soul. Now that I explain that to you, now let me explain what a soul is. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Did I put those up there? Yeah, they are. And your mind is your thoughts. And by the way, we don't have a perfect soul. The only way that this might be perfect in us is when a perfect Holy Spirit comes in, and I'll show it to you in just a second. But, but, but our soul is made up of our mind, our thoughts, our will, which is our desires, and our emotions, which is our feelings, right? And so we don't have a perfect mind, we don't have perfect will, we don't have perfect emotions. This is the reason why we have to keep our soul under the submission to the Holy Spirit. Once the Holy Spirit comes in, because he's a person, so, so my point is this, is it possible, think about this, and so this person thinks, a person desires, and a person uh, has feelings, and if the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, and if the Holy Spirit is a person, think about it, do you believe that the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to think like him? Is the Holy Spirit trying to get us to desire like him? And is the Holy Spirit trying to get us to feel like him? You better believe he is. But if you don't ever see him as a person, you'll never ever be able to understand him because you can't have a personal relationship with an it or a power or a force. You must see him as a person. Now, remember, when Jesus left, now, he was here with us for over 2,000 years ago. We didn't get a chance to walk with him personally, but he said, I'm going to leave. But when I leave, I'm going to send a comforter, as Denny said, and he's going to live in you. And then he's going to begin to complete what, what I started here. And so if we want to take it a step further, and I tell you what, if you ever want to understand who God is and theology that's incorrect, all you have to do is go back to the omnis of God. Understand and learn the characteristics of God and some of this theology, some of these religions, it, it totally does not line up according to this because God is a God who can never change. Understand the omnis of God. And right here, we will see the, the, the soul of even God in his omniscience. What is his omniscience? He's all-knowing. This is mine. He's all-knowing. There's nothing that he can't know. He knows it all. He can't know anything new or he would be God, Right? If he can know something, he couldn't. He knows everything. And, here's, and then we got to understand his omnipotence. Who is it? That's his will. He's all powerful. He, he breathed this world into existence. He breathed, the, he breathed the universe into existence. And how about this one? His omnipresent. This is his emotions. He's everywhere. You can't, you can't go anywhere where he's not at because he's outside of time. Time doesn't exist for him. He only created time for us. There's no time with him. He's timeless. And that's why he's everywhere. That's our God. And so he has a mind. He has a will. He has emotions. And that this is the reason why we can feel his presence inside of us. No, so I'm, I'm setting this up. So I'm hoping I just explained how this is operating here. So the Holy Spirit is a person because he has a soul. Now, I'm going to show you three things here 
about the Holy Spirit and that he is a person. Because it's important when you understand this and stop looking at him as a power or a source like I did, because it was hard for me to do. Because I always thought, well, Jesus is not here. I'm going to have a personal relationship with Jesus, but he's not here but, but, but I had this power and force inside of me. And this power and force, when it decides, it's going to just kind of leave me a little bit. But no, 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 no. When he leaves, remember, that's his function. Now he's now, this is God the, this is God the Holy Spirit, God functioning inside of me as the Holy Spirit leading me, guiding me. This is the one, the Holy Spirit. When you say, I want to have a personal relationship with Jesus, you're saying, I want to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is who we need to have a personal relationship with. Because he's Jesus. He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Okay, so now let me show you three things about the Holy Spirit and that he's a person. Before we leave, I'm telling you, it, it'll change your life. You, you'll walk in going, oh my goodness gracious. This is the most, it's the visor thing at the moment. I never knew this. So number one, the Holy Spirit has thoughts, has a mind. The Holy Spirit, he's a person. Let me show it to you. Isaiah 55 verses eight, because they're all the Trinity here. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now, how could he say, my thoughts are not your thoughts, unless what? Uh, unless he thinks, right? How, how can he know this? So, so how can he say, uh, if he didn't have a mind? He thinks, he has thoughts. And so he thinks, he has thoughts. In Philippians chapter two, verses five, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. If we want to have the mind of Christ, then how can he have a mind if he has a mind? Let this mind be in you, it's also in Christ Jesus. John 16, verses 13. However, when he, notice he says he, not an it. When he, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he, he, a person will guide you into all truth. How can he guide you into all truth if he's not have a mind. If he doesn't have a mind, he's a person. He has a mind. Now, remember, he's omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. He knows everything. And so here's the amazing thing. He knows everything. And because he knows everything, I mean, he, he, he knows everything about everything. Now, when I think about God, you have to think about, have you ever thought about God and have an IQ? You ever thought about that? Does God have an IQ? We know Einstein had, what, an IQ of, what, 208, 209 or something like that? Einstein. But what's God's IQ? It's immeasurable. God can't have an IQ. God knows all. God knows everything about everything. And, and you know, another thing I ever think about, nothing has ever occurred to God. Have you ever been walking along and said, oh, it just occurred to me that I forgot to shut the garage door before we left the house. Oh, it just occurred to me that I forgot to, uh, you know, uh, uh, pay my bills this month, right? And nothing has ever occurred to God because he already knows. Nothing is ever new under the sun with God. God knows everything about everything. And so here is my point. We have someone living inside of us that knows everything about everything. And don't you think you need to get to know him personally? Don't you think you need to talk to him and say, God, if you know everything about everything, God, I want to talk to you, God. And we can because he has a mind. He knows everything about everything. Now, the number one question people ask me all the time, uh, but, but no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Let, let's go on to point number two. So number one, God, 
the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he has a mind. He has thoughts. And here's the second thing about the Holy Spirit. Let's go here. The number two, the Holy Spirit has desires too. He has a will. The Holy Spirit has desires, has a will. Acts 16, verses 6. Now, when they had gone through Persia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Who were they forbidden by? The Holy Spirit. And forbidden means uh, a will. It, it, it means uh, exercising a will here, forbidden. They were forbidden. Uh, the Holy Spirit was exercising his will by the Holy Spirit to preach the words in Asia. The Holy Spirit had a will say, don't do this. Don't preach in Asia. That was the will of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit has a will, has a desire, and he can lead us into all truth. And so when you submit to the Holy Spirit living inside of you, then guess what? He will lead you. He will guide you into all truth. And so it's important that we get to know the one living inside us that knows all truth. Now, here's the number one question that always people ask me, and here's where I was getting ready to go is they always ask this question, Pastor Gary, how do I know the will of God for my life? How many has ever asked that question? Well, remember, you have someone living inside of you that knows everything about everything. Don't you think it's wise that you talk to him? And don't you think that he, he knows the will for your life? No, we know the will of God is that none should perish but have everlasting life. We know that's the ultimate will for our life. But, but do you know that there's a difference between a general will of God and a specific will of God? How many knows that? Okay, what's the general will of God? How do we know the general will of God? Well, we know the general will of God. Um, it, it teaches us in here, if we want to be a good husband, we got a general will of God. It teaches us how to be a good husband. If you want to be a good wife, it teaches you how to be a good wife. If you want to be a good parent, it teaches you how to be a good parent. That's the general will of God. But how do you know the specific will of God? Doesn't tell you that. How do you know which uh, house to buy? How do you know which car to buy that has visors that you understand? (laughs) How many of you know? Okay, how do you know who to marry? How many of you know, how do you know which job that you should take? You ever been there going, God, I just don't know. Well, you talk to the one who knows. You go to the one who knows. He knows everything. That's the specific will of God. So we understand that the general will of God, we get by the word of God, but the specific will of God comes by the voice of God. And the voice of God is still speaking. Let me show it to you. Now, why would, you, why would Jesus say something and it not be true? Jesus can't lie, right? He can't lie. So watch what he says in John 16, verses 12 and 13. The most powerful words that I believe Jesus spoke while he was here on earth. I love these because he's talking to his disciples at the Lord's Supper the night before he was getting ready to be crucified. Nine o'clock the next day, he's getting ready to be crucified on the cross. Now watch what he tells his disciples here. He says, I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. You can't hear them now. I don't have enough time to tell you everything I need to tell you. I'm going to be out of here at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. I'm going to be down on this cross and I'm gone, right? But what was, was he say here? However, when he, again, not it, notice this very important, he, a he is a person, when he, who? The spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into 
all truth. He's going to guide you. We just say he's got a mind. He's going to, he's got a, he's going to guide you, direct you. That's why we, we, we submit to him. But watch now. Watch. And he will what? Tell you things to come. Have you ever stopped and just talked to the Holy Spirit, the person saying, listen, this is where I'm at. God, I need to know the right job here for me. God, I need to know who I need to marry. I remember before I ever married this young lady right here. You ever, before you get married, you got a list? You, you got, you, they want to be like this. You got to be like this. You got to be like this. But it's funny how God works. He gives you somebody totally opposite from your list. Because he knew I would be a pud with all the other ones. He had someone for me that could keep me moving in the right direction. And I went to, went to lunch with this gal right here, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He told me things that was to come, my future, who I was going to marry, the specific word of God, because the Holy Spirit, I was submitted to the Holy Spirit in my life. I was listening to his voice. He said, this is going to be your wife. And I went home and says, um, are you really sure about that? But the Holy Spirit was speaking to her, saying I was going to be her husband. And we didn't fuss too long, and, 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 and we ended up getting married, and we, five years later we had a son. So but the rest is details, all right, whatever. But, but the Holy Spirit spoke to us, and the Holy Spirit has spoken to us many, many times in our life, even planting this church. In the ministry, I've heard the voice of the Lord over and over and over saying, do this and not that. Why? Because you have someone living inside of you. He's going to guide you into all truth, and he's going to tell you things to come. But if you don't look at him as a person, you're going to be still going, well, when's the last time that you sat down and talked to the one who knows everything about everything about everything and asked him? Think about it. But if you don't see him as a person but a force, you're not going to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? I, I, I'm hoping I'm explaining this right to y'all. I'm hoping that you're getting it. I'm hoping that the visors is coming across for the first time. And you're saying, wow, this is good. This is amazing. He's not goofy. He's not weird. He is my best friend. He's my helper. He is my God, my God, functioning as the Holy Spirit living inside of me. That's going to lead me and guide me in all truth. Man, get out in your car today and talk to him. He's a person. He has a personality. He has a soul. Man, I got way ahead of myself. Let's go on to Acts 2, verses 16. That's why Peter shouted too. He said, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, Peter said. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And I thought, I'm still seeing visions. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm just saying. I've not had a good dream in a long time. I'm like, I'm not ready for that yet, God. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, it's the most amazing thing. We're living in the most amazing time, day and hour of man's history because we can talk to him and he can talk to us. Wow, wow, you can hear God for yourself, church. And you know something? 
People ask me all the time, Pastor Gary, can you hear God for me? Will you pray? I, will you get a word from God for me? And, and I, I can't do that. I, I can't do that. I don't have that much power. Look, look, people do it. I, well, I'll pray about it. Let me pray. I'll talk to God about it. And I think, Lord, do you have a word for Johnny, whoever? He said, yeah, I do have a word for Johnny. I said, what is it? He said, well, you tell Johnny to talk to me, and I'm going to tell him the word that I have for him. See, that's, just, that's what God's telling you this morning. Talk to the one who's living inside of you that knows everything about everything. Let me put it this way. You can't have a personal relationship with someone through someone else. I can't have a personal relationship through Denny through, to my wife. Or, or, or I can't do that. I can't have a personal relationship through you to God. You can't have a personal relationship to God through me to God. No, you, it's called, that's why it's called a personal relationship. Okay? Hear God for yourself. I'm telling you, we're living in the greatest hour of mankind. We have someone living inside of us that knows everything about everything. And all we have to do is talk with him. And he can hear you. Pray to God. Let him begin to speak to you. And here's number three. Pastor David, and I'm wrapping it up. And I'm, are y'all catching this? <laughs> I'm hoping. That's, you know why I love this? No one's ever taught me about the Holy Spirit before. That's why I was so messed up. I'm serious. They asked me about the Holy Spirit. I said, well, I guess I got to speak in tongues or something, right? That's what everybody identifies Okay, no, that's one of the benefits, but that's not what the Holy Spirit's completely, totally there to do. Man, the Holy, he's God functioning as the Holy Spirit in your life because Jesus isn't here to do it. And that's, that's the way that we, we, we allow the, that's why if you submit to the Spirit, if you be filled with the Spirit, okay, be filled with the Spirit, if you submit to spirit, you'll be filled with it. But if you submit to lust, you'll be filled with lust. Whatever you submit to. And the Holy Spirit said, submit to me. Just come to me, talk to me. Talk to me. Now here's a good one. The third one is that the Holy Spirit has feelings. <clears throat> How many of you ever felt shame after you did something? You ever felt that? Thank God for that. That's the Holy Spirit inside of you. Because you know why you're doing that? You're grieving him. He grieves. Let's talk about this for a moment. See, if he didn't have feelings, he wouldn't do anything. You wouldn't feel anything. Thank God for that. You know, we live in a world right now that doesn't have the Spirit of God living in them. And, and I'm going to show you something here because they can't feel what we feel. I'm going to show it to you. You want to know why the world don't give a rip about killing babies? I, the very mother doesn't care about killing. If it offends you, get over it. I don't care. That's a human life. I'm going to show you why you don't care in just a second. You watch. I'll show you why you don't care. Because you don't have the one living inside of you that knows all things about everything. You're God to yourself. You're, you're, you're being driven by your own mind, your own will, your own emotions. And you know, I, I, if we don't stand up and tell the world, we have a responsibility. Why? The Holy Spirit has feelings and emotions. Let me show it to you here. Let, let's go here. And these are the attributes of a person. And by the way, none of these attributes can be produced in you 
It can only be produced by the Holy Spirit. You can't produce these on your own. Now watch, what are they? But the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of you, not the fruit of Gary, not the fruit of Danny or whoever, but the fruit of the Spirit, what's it do? Is love. By the way, only a person can love. A tree can't love. (laughs) Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That is the fruit of the Spirit. When you are filled with the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit, you've yielded to, 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 to the God, to the God uh, uh, functioning as the Holy Spirit inside of you, the Holy Spirit will produce those in you. That's the fruit that should be displayed. When a person's walking with the Lord, you can tell what the, you can tell they love the Lord by their fruit, right there, okay? But we live in a world where I'm telling you what, the enemy hates this. He hates it. Have you ever looked at somebody living in sin, totally not a Christian? There's a spirit that will rise up in him and get angry. That's that spirit, and the enemy hates it. So they get violent with you, man. Now they'll fight you. You know why? That's the same way a baby does. A baby that's nursing from a mother, you try to not nurse a baby more, that baby will throw a fit when you try to, when you try to stop nursing it, won't it? Throw a fit. Why will it throw a fit? Because the baby thinks you're trying to kill it. You're not trying to kill it. You're just trying to wean it to be able to give it something better. But it doesn't know that. But that's the way the world is. The world, they don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's keep reading here. Let's go on. Let's go on. I'm going to show you that, that, that only, the, only the, these, this fruit can be produced by the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has emotions. Now watch. Here's some more scripture on it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. If he doesn't have emotions, then how can we grieve it? Him, sorry. How can we grieve him if he doesn't have emotions? He has emotions. He feels. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now let's keep going here. Let's keep reading. Let me show you what grieves the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4 verses 25 and 26. Therefore, putting away from lying. When you ever lie, you feel guilt. You feel, feel that shame. Why? Holy Spirit, you just grieved him. You grieved him. You broke his heart. How many of you parents has got a child when they do something wrong? Does it break your heart when they do it? Do you feel bad? See, that's what our father does for us. You're breaking his heart. Sin breaks his heart. Watch. Uh, Lying. Uh, Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and what? Do not sin. So we just identified sin grieves the Holy Spirit. Sin breaks the heart of God. Sin breaks the heart of the Holy Spirit, the, the person, the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Now let's keep reading here. Ephesians chapter four, verses 28 and 32. Let him who stole stealing breaks the heart of God. No longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands, what is good that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word, grieves the Holy Spirit there too, proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for a necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Let's keep reading. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. God functioning as the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing it? Everybody seeing this? Now what? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, how can you grieve him if he doesn't have emotions? He has emotions has emotions. <clears throat> and those emotions, he wants us, our, his emotions to line up with his, okay? Remember, when you submit to the Holy Spirit, he's trying to, he's trying to teach us. He's trying to train us. Now watch, by the whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, let all bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit. Wrath grieves the Holy Spirit. Anger grieves the Holy Spirit. Clamor grieves the Holy Spirit. Evil speaking grieves the Holy Spirit. 
These are all things that breaks his heart. And many of us, we've done these and we felt that, that, that spirit aching inside of us. But what? Be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Why does sin grieve the Holy Spirit? Why does, it, why does, does the Holy Spirit just grieve every time that we sin? Because he knows sin separates us from God. And he knows sin kills God's children. Sin hurts people and the Holy Spirit loves people because the Holy Spirit is God. He is a person. And today, identify that he is a person. Okay, he has a soul. The Holy Spirit has a thought, has a mind. The Holy Spirit has desires. He has a will. The Holy Spirit has feelings. He has emotions. I'm telling you today, church, before you leave, become friends with the one who's living inside of you, who knows everything about everything about you and about everything in this world. He knows everything you need before you ever ask him. But he wants you this morning to have a personal personal relationship with him. Run to him. Call him. Talk to him. Get in your car. Drive down the road. Talk to him like you're talking to your spouse. Don't complicate it. Talk, be real. Just talk to him. And, you, and you'll be surprised. You know what? And he will talk back. And he'll have exactly what he wants to say to you. Some of you, you've been praying and believing and praying and believing for stuff. But, 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 but you've not really, really fully grasped that you have one living inside of you, that you have access to the Father right there. Talk to him. Let him communicate to you. Let him love you. When you're down and you're discouraged, you feel like a failure. Listen, that's why the Holy Spirit grieves inside of you. You know what longing is? Someone asked me the other day, why would, you know, longing, uh, uh, you know, so you ever a person that, that, that goes through loneliness? Let's use that word, loneliness. How many of you ever felt lonely before? God created that. Why? Not to hurt you, but that loneliness is so it draws us back to him. See, if you don't ever feel lonely, we won't be drawn to him. But what happens is, is when you feel that spirit of loneliness, come on, go ahead and praise him. Come on up here. I'm getting a little lonely. <laughs> I'm feeling lonely. But look, God created loneliness. When you start to feel that, but what does man do? They run to other people to try to feel that loneliness. Now, I'm going to tell you something. My wife does as much as I love her, as much as awesome she is, as much as she's a godly woman of God, amazing woman of God. She cannot fulfill the loneliness that may be in my heart. Only God can do that. And when I run to my God, I'm satisfied and I become a better husband for her. I'm not lonely. Because God can fulfill and feel that, that place in our life because of the Holy Spirit. Go to the one who knows everything about everything, about everything, about everything, about everything, knows everything. And the omniscience of God, okay, all-knowing God, the omnipotence of God, his all-powerful all hand is all present, and, and, and the omnipresence of God, he's everywhere. There's no place you can run. There's no place you can hide. You can try, but he's there. I love the scripture in Psalms, and, and my best pastor, Doug, wrote a song many years ago. He says, where can I go from your presence? 
I can't escape from you, O Lord. For if I climb up to the mountains or descend into the valleys, if I had wings to fly up in the air, I may not see you, but you are there. You see, that's the Holy Spirit. He wants to have a personal relationship with you today.